morning, everyone, and welcome to Coffee with Casey, where we talk about market conditions and market strategy. Today, a little heavier on the market conditions. Um, you know, we do Coffee with Casey, so we stay up to date on what the market is doing because we have to get out in front of it. We can't play behind the market or it's going to cost our sellers and buyers tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars. We need to stay up to date on the market. So we're going to talk a lot about market conditions right now and where we're headed. We're also going to talk about changing real estate business. The way people pay commissions is going to start to change a little bit. It's going to be a little gradual, but I'm going to tell you what's coming and and what to expect and how it affects buyers and sellers. And then we're going to talk about the first 96. Justin uh, uh, did a whole series of the first 96 for our agents here at Sampson Properties with me. And the question is, is that still valid or is that out the window with these new market conditions? So let's go to the charts. Let's go to the show you where the market is at this time. And you have to look at this as a macro, uh, you know, what is the entire market is doing so we can see what our micro markets are doing. So right here, what we see is a chart that shows the existing home inventory. This is how many people are putting their homes on the market. And you can see as the inventory dwindles, the prices rise, right? Scarcity of housing on the market will keep those prices up. I told you there was a perfect storm going on in 2020 where we had a lack of inventory and we had low interest rates and something was about to happen. And what it was, was a bubble. We went up 25 to 30% in the next two years, right? So we have to read the charts and get out in front of what's going on. So, so you know, our prices are still higher, relatively speaking, still higher, still above the value line, which I'm going to go over because the inventory is still low. Now, interest rates, 7.5%. Crazy. They have tripled in the last probably year, year and a half. So, so what's keeping that up? Inventory, but it's starting to slip, and we'll go over that in a minute. So lack of inventory, this is what happened in October. So the question is, is the inventory getting better or worse? So we always need to be very current. We can't listen, read the newspaper can't look on the MLS. We have to calculate our own numbers to make sure is inventory still low or is it is it growing, right? So this is an indicator. Inventory is low, off 30, 35% from the five-year average in October. So let's look at this. So this is a startling chart. And I, you know, Donnie and I will have debates about this, but look at this chart. Considering we have low inventory, What this says is the red are the homes that withdrew in the last 30 days, unsold, canceled, expired, withdrawn. The green are the homes that went under pending. So these are the homes that went under contract without contingencies. So if you look at this, in Vienna, 58% went under contract, but 42% withdrew unsold. Look at Fairfax County as a whole. Now, these are homes over a million. Don't worry, I'm getting to under a million. But over a million dollars in Loudoun County, two homes withdrew for every one home that sold. That's a startling number. Arlington, 50-50. You got a 50-50 shot that your house is going to sell. Now, understand this. Those people that are selling their houses, these are not the want-tos. These are the have-tos. These are the people that have had a death, a divorce, a disaster. You know, they've lost their job. They need to sell. They're moving out of town you know, downsizing. So so these are not people that want to sell. These are people that need to sell. And two people out of three in Prince William County 
with Drew Unsold. Now this is, I'm gonna, I'm, again, I'm going to go over why. Why is this happening? But you got to know the what. And the what is more homes are withdrawing than expiring. So on the right-hand side, you'll see the averages. That's 57% of the homes withdrew unsold. 43% went pending in the last 30 days. Scary numbers. Don't worry about it. We're going to show you how to get, get out in front of this. Here are the numbers for homes under a million dollars, still uh, much more successful than homes over a million, but they average 62% of those houses sell, but 38, let's call it 40%, are walking unsold. Now, when your home withdraws unsold, that means you've prepared it, you painted it, you've put it on, you've shown it, you have to keep it in great shape, you have to go through all this hassle of rejection. I'm telling you, when a seller withdraws his house, which is four out of 10 people, it is, it is really mind-numbing to have to go through this process. So what we like to do is educate people in, in, on this show of how you can prevent this, okay? So let's take a look at why. Why, why, are, we, why are these homes withdrawing? We need to know how we got here. It's one thing to know where we are. It's another thing to know how we got here and what the current trend is. So let's look at the blue line. The blue line is what homes are selling for, right? So based on the price per square foot that people are getting for the house on that year, in 2003, that 3,000 square foot house built in 1990 sold for 715,000 bucks. And as you can see, it went shooting up in 2005. It went shooting down when we had the financial crisis caused by 2005, right? So we know the dynamics of what happened. Then you see it came back down to the green line. The green line is the value line. Now that is, if we take 712 back in 2003 and we apply the inflation rate to that line, then that home should be worth about 839 and 210. Look at where it came back down to. It went from 1,041 all the way back down to 845. So you see, it just came to the value line. Now, let me tell you why this is important. Because in 1980 and 1993, 1994, we did not know where the bottom was going to be for those recessions. We didn't know how low prices were going to go. We had no clue and no idea. I know now. Now I know, right? We didn't know in 2010, how low could they go? Eh, somewhere around 839. That's what they're worth. So so real estate is a hedge against inflation, and so it follows the inflation line. Look at it from 2010 to 2020. It kind of followed that inflation line. Then it popped up in 2022. That was caused by the perfect storm of low interest rates and low inventory. And as you see now, it's gradually worked its way down. So, so I'm going to show you charts for Haymarket and Aldi and all the rest of them here in a second. But let's just analyze this for now. So somebody's selling a house that's 3,000 square feet, built in 1990, and they're going, well, my neighbor sold his for $1.5 million in 2022. I got to be worth $1.45. Nah, you're 1.3. You're 1.3. So what happened is 1.5 was its peak. 1.359 was in 2023, first half of this year. Now it's already moved down to $1.3 million. And what I do for the last number is I say, give me all the pendings and homes that sold in the last 30 days. So give me all the 3,000 square foot homes in 19, built in 1990 in the last you know, 30 days and the pendings, where are they at right now? Now they're at 1.3. So 
So the problem is, why are 60% of the people withdrawing their houses? It's because they're looking at that and they're going, well, it was 105. Let's say it's 14. Let's say we took a big hit. Some of them don't even want to take that hit. It's at 13. Well, where is it going? Going to one two. Could go to one two. But I know that the house is worth one two based on inflation. If all things were equal, one two. Now, if we had, if we had inventory, it would be one two. The only reason it's still at one three is because of lack of inventory. So the question is: good time to sell? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Now, the other question is: good time to buy. How can it be a good time to sell and a good time to buy? Well, it's a good time to sell because you still have about $100,000 worth of, I'll call it fluff, coming from, the, um, coming from the peak in 2022. So we're still above where we should be. This Vienna is at 108, 108% of their value line. So still maybe has 8% to move. If inventory comes, it could go even lower. Could get down to 93, 94%. So so at least we know where the floor is. It should be 1.2. It may go a little above it. It may go a little below it. But at least we know what that house is worth, right? So we have that chart. By looking at this chart, I have a good vision, good visibility, and so do my sellers, by the way, of why it is where it is and how it got to where it is and where is it going from here, right? So what we need to do as realtors, and hopefully I got a lot of Samson realtors that listen to this, we look at this and say, all right, you know, in my market, this is Oakton, right? So Oakton, you could see it following the value line all the way through. And then all of a sudden, 2022, it had its pop. Look, it hasn't gone down yet. So in Oakton, would I have different advice for sellers than I would in Vienna? The answer is yes. That is a 300. Now look at this. This is Oakton. Their house is selling for 1.283. Vienna's is 1.3. And look, the value line here is 1138. So, so Oakton is at more of a premium right now and has a chance that they could be falling. So we need to keep an eye on that. McLean, McLean has always stayed high. Look at it in 2010. 2010, it never got to value line. Maybe that's because it's McLean, but it stayed up high. And now look, in the last, from the first half of this year to the current homes under contract, it is down almost $300,000. Now, Johnny G's sitting in the audience. If you're looking at this, you're looking at comps from the first half of the year. It's, you're off by $300,000. If you're not looking at pendings and really current, 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 and you're going, and then, of course, we look at this go, wait a minute, my current number is $1.65 million. That's crazy because these things were selling for $1.9 But if we look at it, we can see, yep, it has come down. And it's consistent with a lot of other markets. So this is Centerville. So I look at Centerville, see how they followed that value line all the way through? And then they went bumped up in in 2023, 22. Actually, they didn't. In 23 is when they got their bump. And now look at where they are now. Now they're at 885. I can tell you that I just put a house on the market at 895 in there. And I said, well, are we safe at this number? I'm like, we're under the value line by $50,000. We are under the value line in Centerville 
in Virginia run. So we went with 895. We tested it. It tested very well, and we got over 900,000 for it in the first weekend. So that precipitates the question, is the first 96 still a viable option? It's the only option. It is the only option. If you let this thing go, if you let your house drag on in a market like this, we're in, be- we're in big trouble, right? And let me tell you this. If we do miss it, you can't wait around for 30 days, 45 days, 60. You can't wait. You got to jump right on it, look at these charts, and go, hey, you know, it's declining, and we, we cannot wait too long. So we need to move quicker rather than later. So every time I list a house, this chart of their house is plotted all the way back from 2003 on. All right, so here's Aldi. Now, Aldi's a little bit different. I started in 2010, not 2003. They had some big subdivisions go up. Willisford went up, very popular. So you can see their numbers. Their homes are newer. So, but we can see it still has come down from 2023, just not as much. So, if we start seeing a soft market in Aldi, does that make sense to you? Makes sense to me. If they start getting soft, so what you want to do, what we need to do as listing agents and buyers and sellers, is our antennas have always got to be up. We need as much data as we possibly can to determine where we should be. Here's Ashburn, pretty stable. Now, Ashburn is running above the value line a little bit more. And the reason for that is they got a subway, right? So if you take a community that doesn't have a subway and then all of a sudden introduce a subway, what is that worth? 8%, 9%, right? So as we can see, they're a little high, but they may stay a little high because of the, because of the, uh, um, because the subway just came in. Here's Leesburg. Leesburg didn't get a subway. Look at Leesburg went shooting up to 1.14, right, in 2022. They're down under the value line at 912. So I do, do I feel pretty comfortable with that number, 912, what we're looking at? Yeah, I'm under the value line. So I know. Now, let me tell you why this is important. Let me tell you exactly why this is important. We had a $2.15 million house in Fairfax Station. There are not a lot of comps. There, there, um, there's just not a lot of comps. And if you're looking for a home over $2 million, you may not be looking at Fairfax Station. In 15 minutes, it's going to settle. It sold all full cash, full price, all cash, and it sold in one day. The buyer really liked the house. The buyer wasn't sure about the pricing. He wasn't sure if it was worth $2.15 million. In today's market, we as realtors must defend the price. When I'm done with you, you're going to know exactly what that's worth. It's worth $2.25 million. You're getting a deal because the market's a little soft. You either write that now or somebody's going to come in and bid it back up to one point or 2.25. So we're settling all cash in 15 minutes. Yeah, first 96, possible? Yeah, possible on a home that nobody's even close to $2.1 million in Fairfax Station? Yeah. How do we get him? He's looking in McLean and Geofencing founding sent him our ads using Google ads. And he said, where is Fairfax Station? He came over, fell in love with the house, so did his family. And here we go. It's not easy. 90, remember, 60% of the houses are withdrawing unsold. This is not a time where just any old moron can put a house on the market and have it sell, right? We must be very thoughtful about what we do. All right. This is Haymarket. This is Johnny Stomping Grounds. John, you were up at uh, $957,000. In the first part of the year, you were $100,000 higher than you are today. 
right? So again, when somebody's saying, well, you know, and let me talk about the predictive analysis here in a second. We look at this and say, um, you know, maybe we could test 900 and then our fallback would be 850. No, I'm not even sure it's still 850. So we need to go at 850 to make sure 850 is our number and not, uh, you know, is it not falling any further? So I would say when we talk about strategies, I would look at this and go, well, you know, I would probably go, eh, maybe we could try 900 and then move back to, no, 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 no. I got to make sure that 850. So our whole theory about testing homes in this predictive analysis has changed. The starting number has changed. We're not going to test a big one and go to, the, go to where I think it is. We need to make sure it is where I think it is, right? Right out of the gate. No BS, no nothing. So things are changing when you're doing your, there's, there's no, well, let's give it a try. No, no, we got to make sure that the current number is still the current number. So this is kind of a, uh, this will show you a summary of all of the, where we are in each market. McLean, 119% over the value line. Vienna, 108. If you look to the far right, the average home in our area is 10, 110% of the value line. So could prices fall? 10%. Yep. Could they fall 12%? Yep. Could they go under the value line if we get inventory and high interest rates and nothing is done with the high interest rates? Yep. Now, let's say I'm a buyer and I'm thinking about buying. Well, I'll wait. No, uh, this, we may or may not be at the bottom. The bottom line is you can buy a house. Remember the 60% of the houses that are not selling because they were overpriced? That's your, that's your gray market. That's the first place we look for when we're dealing with buyers are the 60% of the people that said that overpriced it. Either their realtor did wrong or they did wrong. They overpriced it. It came off the market. That's the first place we go looking for houses. 40 sold, 60% did not. It's a pretty damn big buyer pool, Right. So if you look at the homes that are still currently active and all the homes that were withdrawn and expired, that's probably eight out of 10 houses you have to look at right now. Now, remember in the spring when you bring in a contract and they bump the price, 100,000, 150,000, you said, I'm not paying that because that's a crazy number. It was. It was. Let me, let me just, let me take a quick stroll back here. When, when this, this house, well, let me go to a better example. Um, here. This, you know, McLean, a $1.3 million value line is selling for $1.9 million. You're like, I was saying to myself, this is crazy. This is crazy. Somebody's paying money for that house. I mean, we'll take it. I was a listing agent. I mean, we're going to take the money, right? But it was crazy. All right, here it comes back down. Now, could McLean come down a little bit more? Yeah, probably. But that's a pretty steep drop they've just taken. Okay. Let's go back to the summary again. Look at the market that you're in. If you're at hate market, you're pretty stable right now at 108. That's, that's stable for the rest of the market. Aldi could, could have a good drop. Aspirin could have a good drop. McLean is McLean. They'll stay up a little bit. But if you can look around, Centerville and Leesburg are great buys right now. So if I had a buyer and I was close to Centerville, those homes in Centerville are a great deal. They are under the value line. They're under market value. That's the place I would go. Now, case in point with that, 
We just sold one in the first weekend for more than over list price with six different contracts. Six contracts in a, in a market that 60% of the homes withdraw and sold. Crazy, right? Crazy. Play by the rules, you win. Don't play by the rules, you lose. So where are we headed from here? Okay. So again, let's go to the big chart. So the chart you're looking at right now, the, uh, the blue uh, bars that you see right there, those are mortgage delinquencies. Those are how many people are delinquent on their mortgage, okay? And that's an indicator of, remember, I say there's four reasons. There was three reasons. Now there's four. Death, divorce, downsizing were your reasons that most people were selling because they have to. The, the fourth reason is desperation, right? The desperation is back in 2007, 2008, 2009, I can tell you that most of the homes that were being sold were short sales or foreclosures. In Gainesville and uh, up and down, um, whatever that one area is right next to, right up of Gainesville, Bristow. Bristow, I can tell you they bought those houses at $650,000. They were selling for $389,000. And most of them were short sales. So, so when you were a realtor back then, if you didn't know how to do short sales, which was number four, disaster, right? Disaster. I've overpaid my house. I'm getting foreclosed on. I've lost my job. Again, a recession is when your friend loses his job. A depression is when you lose your job. So we're seeing people losing jobs right now. Keep your ears open. You're going to start hearing people losing their jobs, right? So what's happening here is you're starting to see, you know, we got 7.5% interest rates in the mortgage and the real estate market is down 40%. A lot of people are going back to bartender school, right? And a lot of mortgage bankers that were doing very well are starving. So it's a tough industry. The whole real estate industry is a tough industry. So, you know, we're starting to see delinquencies. We're starting to see the, the uh, orange line or gold line is the auto people that are late on their auto payments. The credit card payments are right below that. So you see the upturn now. You start to see a little more desperation. Is it 2007, 2008? Nah, we're not in a ballpark. We're not even in the ballpark what those guys were going through. But is it increasing? Yes. Does that show signs of distress? Yes. Is it going to get worse? Yes. You need to adjust your strategy based on reality, right? So, so... I would just say is you can cut that, Justin. We're done with that. And, you know, so I think that, is this a doom and gloom? No, not doom and gloom, but it's reality. And you got to adjust to reality. And as long as you adjust to reality, then everything's fine. And when we talk about, you know, is the first 96 viable? It's critical. I mean, now more than ever, right? Now more than ever, it is critical. So we're not talking about, Maybe we'll get another $100,000 if we do it in the first 96. We're talking about survival and selling it at that price and getting your price in the first 96, right? So, you know, before 2000, uh, $2.15 million contract comes in, right before we even go live, what would we do? Uh, we'll wait. Maybe we'll get a better offer. Not now. Let's sign that game contract and let's go, right? Do you have other people interested? Yeah. Anybody want to match that? No. Okay, we'll take that. We settle on it in seven minutes. I'm going to be a lot happier in seven minutes. I'm going to go get a bottle of champagne with that seller, and we're going to have a ball. Because that happened in six days. 
It settled in six days, all cash. She wasn't sure what she's going to do with the firm. Trey goes, I'll take that. I like that. Doesn't get any better. When you have a great seller and a great buyer, it's a world of love, man. And everybody wins. Everybody wins. So let's talk about another thing. Let's get into the business of real estate. Just what time are we at? I'll, I turn my clock off. So. 10.55. Let's talk about the changing world of real estate real quick. Now, so throughout our time, um, a, a seller is paid commissions. And let's just use a ballpark number. Let's say 6% commission. And 3% of that went to the listing agent. And 3% of that went to the selling agent. And then 1985, a guy named Jim Workington, hope he's still alive, I'd love to get him on this show, started a thing called buyer brokerage. And he said, you know, I think that the buyer needs to be represented because the contracts all say that the agents represent the seller. Seller's paying for them, they're representing the seller. Jim Workington said, don't do it that way. We're going to have the, the, the seller pay 3% to me on behalf of the buyer, on behalf of the buyer. So when he did that, we would sign buyer-broker agreements. We would say, okay, I'm working exclusively for the buyer. We'd have that thing. The seller would have to sign, say he knows that I'm working for the buyer, and he's going to pay me on his behalf. So was it a, a different dynamic? Yeah. Was it accepted by everybody? No. We looked like we were absolute. Um, you know, you'd go into a listing or a, a contract, and they're like, what the hell are you talking about? Jim Workington started it all. Buyer brokerage. It was finally adopted by the rest of Northern Virginia Association of Realtors. I think somewhere in 2005, 2010, somewhere around in there. Then everybody would have to sign a buyer brokerage agreement in order to go with a realtor for a house. Okay. So then let's say a commission is 5%. And they give, you know, the seller pays 2.5% to the selling agent, 2.5% to the listing agent. All right. Still good. So now, Somebody sued some big companies, Keller Williams or whatever, about fixing 2.5% or whatever it was. I'm I'm not really that concerned about it. Somebody sued somebody. So now some agents are saying, well, I'm going to list your house for 2.5% and let the buyer worry about their commission. This is a dynamical change. This is a big change. Some realtors are even using this as, again, a gimmick to, now, are the are the commissions for the selling agents going to go away? No, they're going to have to come from the buyer. So when they sign a buyer agreement, go back to Jim Workington. I need a credit of two and a half percent to pay my realtor. And it's just in the contract because let's say a home is worth a million dollars and you're only going to pay two and a half percent commission. Okay. The million dollars is based on everybody paying the buyer and broker commissions. Right? So the price, if I'm the realtor, is nine seventy five, because I got buyers got to pay twenty five percent, twenty five thousand dollars in commissions, right? So, it's just a word. It's word salad. Maybe I'll get Kamala Harris in here to explain it. It's just word salad on how it's done, right? So, the bottom line is, it's they're making a big deal out of nothing, and we've been doing this in nineteen eighty five, and. Everything I've seen still shows the same old way of doing it, but you may hear some people say, I'll list your house for a point and a half. I'll list your house for two and a half. It's just word salad. That's all it is. That doesn't mean the commissions aren't getting paid by somebody and will be reflected in the price or the pocketbook. Okay? So let's not get spooked out when when people say, hey, I'm only giving two and a half percent. No, you're not. 
The buyers are going to have to pay their own. They're going to calculate that in when they write the contract. So really, it's all, it's all a moot point. It's all about nothing. And I will tell you that I, I hope Jim Workington, he was a great realtor. He was uh, really ahead of his time in doing this. But we've been doing this for, I don't know, what year is it now? 23 and 18 and 15? I don't know. That's a lot. It's 40 years, right? So we've been doing it for almost 40 years. So, so nothing is, is really changing. You'll just hear it differently. And don't, lay, don't, don't let the agents BS you as a marketing scheme to try and get listings that you're only going to pay 2.5%. That's just not true. To do all of this, to have all the calculations, to make sure you are on point with your pricing and all, you must follow the rules. You have to have a protocol, and that doesn't mean if an agent has two deals a year, they know what the protocol is. You need to be with somebody that knows what they're doing in a market like this. Call Johnny G, or you can call us. My name is Casey Sampson, and you've been listening to Coffee with Casey, where we've talked today a lot about the market conditions, what to expect, where we think prices are headed, you know, where the market is headed, what the new strategies are. If you're looking for me, you can get me at 703-508-2535 or email me at Casey at CaseySampson.com. We'll see you all next week. Bye now. Oh, wait a minute. Next week, we're going to be at Cafe Amore. You want to come by and have a cup of coffee and a Danish? Come on by Cafe Amore. We'll go live from there.